Hello everyone, what's up? Sorry for the delay, but Adox is back, and today we have a very special guest on. We don't just have game developers on, we have all sorts of creators on from the gaming industry. Uh, and today we have a streamer, we have Will, who you may have heard of. Hello. G'day, how are you all? Doing well. So, um, Wild, um, thanks for coming on. You're in Australia, so time zones are difficult, <laughs> but we uh, finally managed to do this. Um, and so I just want to start and uh, get into history. How did you decide to start streaming? It was completely by accident. Um, as a successful streamer, I'm often asked, you know, what are the secrets? What are the you know ways that you can make sure you, you have a good you know chance to get away, you know, in your industry and how you want to become a tweeter, sorry, a, a streamer? And... I am the worst person to ask because it was completely by accident. Um, all the usual rules about consistency and, you know, importance about showing up and having content and production all out the window. Um, I started on Australian DSL connection uh, with like 1.2 meg up. So streaming was hard. Um, it was literally a case of, and again, we talked about time zones when you first started. That was because I had to communicate uh, in making mod packs uh, with the person that runs FTB, uh, Slowpoke, and he's over in the UK. So it's very, very difficult for us to coordinate times to look at, you know, the, the specifics of a pack and what's broken and what's right and how do we balance it and is there a twist of flavor. And it came to the point where I had to speak with him. I had to actually go onto Twitch myself because he was mm -hmm. streaming and I could chat there with him. And that was the only way I could really find time just to have a one-on-one -on -one with him, which turned out to be, you know, in his case, he had 200, 300 people in chat. So they then got involved with the dynamic structure of, of how you build a pack and why you don't do this and why you do that. And so they actually pushed me into doing it. And I was like, You're wild, you should go stream. Wild. I'm like, I have terrible internet. I don't think I can stream. So I, as an IT professional, I took that on board as a challenge to try to find out how to do it. And uh, yeah, it, well, basically it all came down to me just starting up my channel and showing people how to make mod packs. And most of the time in the first, I guess, three weeks, four weeks I was streaming, I spent the entire time in a um, uh, in notepad, you know, in a text editor, which is what really freaked me out is because uh, this is not entertaining. You're watching somebody change letters in a, in a content <laughs> file. But it became a thing. And after that, it became doing the play testing and then just playing along with the game. And that is when things really exploded quite quickly. Um, I had the, I was streaming a, a test of a, a mod pack. I had someone coming to channel saying, have you thought about applying uh, for partnership? And I'm like, well, I, yes, that's a lovely idea. Uh, I've done it once. I've got a, I'm not yet, you know, back, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm letting it go. I'll get around to it. And my chat started freaking out because the person that came into channel was um, Anel, who was, was at that point the director of all partnerships for Twitch. Oh, wow. And I had no idea who he was. I had no idea at all. <laughs> so I've basically got this guy who signs the paperwork you know, for, for partners in chat. And I'm like, oh, look, yeah, that's nice. Go away. I'm busy playing a game. <laughs> and and my, as I said, my chat went nuts. So I had to stop the game, make my application on the spot. He signed it on the spot and <laughs> it just went on from there. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I am the last person to ask for advice. It just all happened. Right. Yeah. And that's how it works. I mean, you know, you gotta be 
it's kind of a right time, right place thing, especially with these, you know, online things. Streaming is such a big thing now. Um, and one of the unique things about you and your channel is that um, a lot of people stream games. Obviously, you do that too. But like you mentioned, the mod packs thing for people who don't know, uh, Minecraft is a very moddable game. So people put together these kind of mod packs where they combine a bunch of mods and they'll put in custom like um, scripts and stuff and things that make that experience better for players. Uh, is that the gist of it? In essence, um, it started off being just little tweaks to the game and then it became full-on attachments to the game. Uh, so new blocks, new machines, and then that turned into entire infrastructure changes. Uh, so there can be an energy system, there can be a magic system, uh, and then it was other dimensions and it's just, it's become a game engine in many ways. It's still true to what Minecraft is though, pretty much as a whole, you know, with the way that the, the API is written um, within Java and Java itself, um, there's not much outside the scope of that. So for example, incorporating um, a complete change to the block system would actually do a complete change to Minecraft, which is not really what modding is after. So they add more experiences and it's up to mod pack makers to, well, and just normal folk to grab mods, make something out of it if they want to do so. But the mod packs became a place where if you want a kitchen sink pack, every mod, you know, basically working together and it won't, it shouldn't crash. I won't say won't crash, it shouldn't crash then that's where a lot of the big packs came from to start with. But uh, today there's a lot of focus upon theme packs. So you'll have one where you have to actually, you know, you're in a skyblock environment and you have to generate everything in the world from scratch. Or they can, and there are mods to assist with that. Or you could be playing a game where it's ultra hard and you've got a basic, it's like a Dark Souls of Minecraft and you've got to struggle to survive. And I think that was one of your first mod packs, right? UHS was my 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 personal first mod pack, yes. Um, because a lot of people, when they first play, they get scared because, you know, there are monsters, things are difficult, you've got to try it, you know, you're on your back foot. But after you've played for a little while, it, it just becomes second nature. How to avoid creatures, how to start up the, your first day, that sort of thing. And I wanted to change that concept where it was more about you don't know what's going to happen all of a sudden you're out of your safe zone because all those things you're used to, they've all changed. If you've taken some damage, monsters can smell that you're bleeding and they can actually path at you from a long distance. Um, the weather could affect you. There are tornadoes. Uh, we had new monsters. We had different magic systems. Um, and the creatures out there would use them against you, not just you using them. So there was very much a, a twist on the, if it was trying to kill you at every stage, but if you died, you could step back and go, well, that was fair. That was my fault. And that's always right. the key aim to that pack. Right. And what's fascinating about Minecraft is, you know, you got mods for Skyrim, for uh, Bethesda games, you know, all these games have mods. It's not unique, but the way Minecraft does it, I think, um, intentionally or not, is that you end up with this platform that has multiple levels of creation. You have the people making the mods, then you have the people putting together those mods like you and eventually streaming it for other people to watch. Um, do you think that doing that informed your audience kind of in a way, like how to make a mod pack and what a mod pack was if they didn't even know how to mod Minecraft? Oh, absolutely. There have been folks that have, um, when they've come across my channel, they've enjoyed the content, they've become involved. I know people who are now making mods uh, themselves um, who didn't before. Uh, they come across the stream, they've gone, hey, this is a really cool idea. And they've gone, I really wish a mod could do this. And they've just picked up Java and they've found out that they can make a mod that does that. So, you know, watching that 
evolution and change and people growing within the scene itself is, is one of the most rewarding things I've got out of it. Mm-hmm, definitely. And when did you, um, well, at what point would you say you started like um, branching out or becoming more of a general game streamer? Well, see, that's the funny thing. I've always been a general gamer. Uh, I've, I've loved, you know, various games have caught my interest at the time. Uh, I was very big into Neverwinter Nights for the longest of times, uh, running up or helping run a permanent world um, and building that world itself. Um, and that was, a, that was a ton of fun. Um, so I've been, you know, involved in various gaming and, and scenes. I did WoW for ages. Or I was part of a, um, a raiding group on there and I was guild leader. But so for some some reason, um, Minecraft just happened to be the thing that hit me now, and it, it still continues today. But I'm still a gamer. There's still other games I love playing. So, and I of course love modding. So, things like Skyrim and and Fallout are always a favorite because you can you know tweak to see what you can do with that. But there's there's many games out there. Just you know, I want to have a look at them because well, they're a new game. It's a new gaming dynamic. It could be an interesting new story, and I love story based. Uh, it could be an interesting dynamic within the actual game itself. Um, at the moment, there's one out just released, Fortnite. Uh, I was really ecstatic because of the idea of building the way they were showing rebuilding, um, finding out that it's not really a lot about building. Uh, not till much, much, much later. Much, much, much later. But in the beginning part of the game, it's more like managing eight different threads of experience and, and skills and groups so it, having a look at that sort of game design um, i'm always finding attractive i want to have you know experiment with those and see those so any other game that comes across i, I definitely want to have a look at yeah i find that um yeah it seems like you play a lot of games. i mean you play all sorts of games but a lot of the games you play you know like fortnite like minecraft um fallout you know that you're going to have these aspects that players themselves and modders and whoever can build upon uh and really make their own and you kind of and i think that's what you're doing with your content and you make it your own in that way is that right i i think that's very much the case um because another example of that of a game that i play is i like, I like playing card games and uh, at the moment i mean i was playing a lot of hearthstone still got some love for hearthstone that's for sure but i'm i'm playing a lot of um, elder scrolls legends right now um, and one of the reasons i love the card games is because it's not just here's some cards here's a deck now go and play it's not a game that is set on rails. You and you've got to go right. You can see set piece A, and that was lovely. Now on to set piece B. These games right. I prefer have more ability for you to go. How do I want to take this? How am I going to bring my game into this space? And Minecraft is a hundred percent that. Minecraft gives you very. Uh, if you just took the game of Minecraft and, and just played it for what it was, there'd be very little to it. It's so good and big because it's what you can bring to it, what you bring to that space. Things like uh, the card games, when you start talking about the strategy of building the decks and looking at the meta and how you can get around it and can you get away with it now. And that's sort of when I bring my ability into that space, that's a, that's a game I actually prefer to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Yeah, like a lot of people will say that Minecraft or whatever is a platform and that's obvious. But I think there's also like you mentioned, yeah, the collectible card games. Those are in a way also a platform you can build upon because they're so customizable. They're so, um, you know, you can individualize them. Mm. Same goes for something like uh, Battlegrounds, right? I mean, that might just seem like a normal shooter, but it really is a chance for a personality to shine through, which is what makes it uh, so perfect for streaming. I think uh, one of the things about Battlegrounds is that it's so simple. Like you're in this place, now you have to survive. There is equipment out there, that's it, go. 
and keeping it to that that distinct theme of the pressure being always on is something that um, a caster can grab hold of. The, just as, as gamers, you can grasp, um, and and your audience as well, of course. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. Um, so. As a job, you know, streaming, what does that involve when you're not streaming? Because sometimes, you know, like people think, oh, you're streaming. That just means you play games all day. I'm sure you have a lot of work, you know, setting up gear and stuff. Um, (laughs) How much time do you spend, you know, when you're not on camera? All right. Okay. So before camera, um, I'll probably be spending about at the absolute minimum an hour uh, making sure everything's set up. I've got to catch up with what's been going on. Are there any change to the platform? Is my network okay? I do my usual checks. If I'm playing, if I'm changing a game, I might have to go and make sure that I'm updated for that as well because I might even change my settings for sound and alerts. So that's that has changed. Um, you got to make sure everything is done beforehand because, I mean, there's an old saying, you plan to work and you work to plan. So that hour beforehand is you make sure your plan is, is, is ready so your work is done. So when you've started, you, you just go and then you work to that plan. So yeah, I'd spend about an hour um, looking at what I'm going to be doing, generally speaking. Like if I'm doing multiple games, I have to be prepared for it. So you can make sure your games are updated, that sort of thing. There's always that just, you know, clutter work you have to do before a stream. During the stream, I'm going to be playing the game. I'm going to be doing admin. I'm going to be watching my sound levels. I'm going to be making sure all my sound sources are ready to go. Um, my graphics are good. Um, my uh, CPU, I've got that always watching as well. I'm watching Twitter. I'm watching the Twitch application for chat. I'm watching my Slack for my administrators. I'm watching a Discord or two as well on the side. I've got my statistics uh, tab up, so I'm watching live what my numbers are doing. Are they going up? Are they going down? Is there a different type of number? So for example, are there more, is chat more happening because the moderators are engaging with it or is it because people are actually chatting? Are there more chatters who are subscribers compared to non-subscribers or followers? Or, you know, you can see that sort of detail. I'm watching mm-hmm. all this at once and trying to play a game. That's a lot. managing yeah. all of that. So I am the cameraman. I'm the voice artist. I'm the script writer. I'm the producer. I'm the director. You have to do all this at once and hopefully be a bit funny. Hopefully have a good entertaining show. So you have to do all this juggling at once. And then after that, then the administration work really kicks in. So that's things like, do I have to contact suppliers? Is there other games out there that are coming out? What's something that I, I could actually use? Um, talking with peers as well. So, you know, a part of a streamer group, we chat about, you know, where, where things are good, where things are bad. Are there any people, you know, who are doing donations who are charging back? So we keep a track of all of that so we can block them out because chargebacks are terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that, that's the administration side of the work. You know, you speak to your moderators. How was today? Was it good? Was it bad? How do we manage this? Was there a troll? Was there so you do some after work as well? So, if you're streaming for say six hours a day, you're going to be working for about nine, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of that is behind the scenes, and people don't, I think, people take for granted, like, oh, you know, I just on my laptop sit there and stream and you can totally do that. And I mean, like you you said yourself, you started out, you know, with pretty bad internet and I imagine, you know, not the best computer, but nowadays you have a really professional setup because that's what you do. Oh, very much. At one point we looked at um, moving house and we decided that when we're going to do that, we had to find the NBN, which is the fiber network out here. And uh, 
we moved, we specifically decided um, as, a, as a business decision for me to continue this in the way that I wanted to. We needed to have a real connection, you know, to the internet. So we specifically moved house um, so that we could get a hundred down and forty up, just so that we could stream, you know, and have no problems. And that's also now turned into my wife streaming as well, and we can stream at the same time, which was just a pipe dream, you know, in the old house. Right. And yeah, and I think it, that it takes, I mean, you had to build an audience first, but now that you have that, you can kind of become more, you, I mean, you're learning more, you're um, getting more professional. And I think just becoming a better creator, because that's really what it's about. It's about the journey. Very much so. Um, you get to a point where you've, you've amassed like a certain feel, uh, a concept that you've actually embodied. And now, whether you like it or not, <laughs> this is what you've got. This is what, what your yeah. show is. Um, and if you want to actually continue that, and it is something that you can go, well, I can make this a job because it is hard, very hard to do that, but it is it is there, then you do need to step up. You do need to treat it like a business because whilst what you're doing is fun, it's still going to be the thing that pays the day, you know, the bills at the end of the day. So you need to invest and manage that like any small business does. So, you know, making sure you've got correct lighting, your microphone is the best one that you can get. I found actually that sound production is key. Um, visual production is always going to be an issue. You will never have it perfect, but you can mm -hmm. get a very good sound system and that resonates, if you excuse the pun, uh, with the audience quite well. Uh, and I think actually, if anything is a streamer, if anyone wants to stream, I'd say that's probably the first thing to, to address, making sure that you sound good. Right, well, because the bar for visual quality is so low. I mean, anyone can just, you know, kick it, do OBS and capture their monitor. But with sound, you know, you gotta have an audio interface, you gotta have a good mic, you gotta have a software setup. It's so much more complicated and involved when you're doing it at a professional level when oh, it comes yeah. to sound. Yeah, and that, in my case, I'm an absolute noob when it comes to that. Um, I've definitely stood on the shoulders of giants in regards to my kit and what I'm using. Um, I mean, I've got my mixer now. Um, I've got my boost. I've got uh, the preamp. I've got the nice mic. I've got everything I need to. Everything's XLR, and apparently that's a very good cable standard. I have no idea if it is or not, but I've been told it is. So everything's, you know, as, as good as I can make it. Right. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think the way, I mean, the priority is, you know, you have to be a good streamer yourself first, get good, and then you have to um, get good equipment as you get better, I think. Is, yeah. that, is that the advice you'd give to people who want to get into streaming? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, the other, other rule is benchmarks matters. Everybody's going to have an opinion about this piece of hardware or that piece of hardware. Please look at the benchmarks. <laughs> You'll save yourself a lot of trouble in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when normal people, you know, like people who maybe play games or even don't play games, right? Just someone walking on the street asks you what you do for a living. How do you explain that? Um, I make content for a living. And that, you know, people go, what, what? Because <laughs> it's good to have somebody that you're speaking with on the back foot rather than on the wrong foot. So if I say, yes, I, I entertain people online. People go, oh, right. And it's like, no, 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 not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I find you're putting it in the absolute most generic, generic term possible. You know, I make content. I create content. And then they say, you know, like what? And I say, well, you know how YouTube is recorded? And that, that already sets their mind going, well, I now see it's about videos and making content. So that, that concept hits quite nicely because of YouTube. And then you say, well, that's all pre-recorded. 
what I do is the same thing, but we do it live. So it's a difference between getting a studio album from an artist or getting a, you know, going to a concert. We are the concert. You know, when you go to Twitch, we are doing it live. If there's a screw up, then we have to own it. We can't just go back and edit it. You know, everything is a part of the show. So you get to see everything raw and people go, oh, that makes sense. That's about the closest I've actually got to be able to get through to people because most people just, they think about cam girls if you start it the wrong way. So it, it's a good yeah. idea to try and bring it to what, what content creation mm-hmm. is. Right. Either cam girls are like, oh, this guy is just in his basement playing video games all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the mainstream, the you've, you've said this yourself, that the media misunderstands streaming. So, I mean, a lot. Um, how would you explain the positive aspects of streaming to someone? Well, it's, it's social. That's one of the biggest things that I actually do love about it. Um, I've had a lot of offers to do some very big stuff with some big names on YouTube, and maybe I should have. <laughs> I'd probably be a lot richer off if I did, but I love what I do because it's live, because I can actually sit there whilst I'm playing a game and be chatting with people, interacting with people, and we could change the game depending upon that interaction. If somebody says, but what about this idea or what about trying that? We can go, well, let's have a look, see what happens in the game. Can the game cope with this? This is something I haven't thought of. Someone else has brought it up. And so that experience becomes shared. It becomes larger. And the interaction between people chatting becomes its own entity. And that is a a beautiful, wonderful thing that I've seen. It is just remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think people don't realize just how social streaming can be because it's not like... I mean, the whole chat aspect, no one thinks about that because when you said, you know, you explain it's live, they think it's like TV, but uh, on TV, there's no way to talk back. On Twitch, there is. And I mean, that's not always the case because some people do have channels or there are some channels out there that don't focus upon chat. You know, a a good example would be the very big um, esports moments and things like that. Or there are just, you know, some casters. That's not their focus. Their focus is just the game. And that's okay. That's their channel. That's their choice. And that's the other thing too. You've got so many choices. If you don't like a certain person, that's fine. You can find that game with another person and you probably will enjoy them. So you can really find that place that suits your want to interact with, with, with content. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I want to talk about, you know, you've established relationships with, um, you know, companies like NVIDIA, Lenovo, big companies, right? Um, mm-hmm. The sponsors. Um how do you do that while maintaining your personality and being true to yourself? Um, you just do it. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Um, I, I was very nervous about it when I first started because I'm very outspoken. If I don't like something, I'll explain why and bring data and I'll request any data be brought to that point so I could learn. But And this is actually happening. Um, I, I'm very pro-Intel and um, uh, somebody was speaking to me recently about AMD. I'm going, well, I don't like it because of this, that, and the other. And they basically sat down with me and showed me how those three very valid points were very valid last year, not now. And I'm like, well, okay, I need to have a look at that. That's, that's something to take into account. You know, it, it, you can always change. You can always grow with it. But the whole key is that you don't let go of that. And so you don't let go of that in the face of a contract. You say to them, look, if I don't like something, I'm going to say I don't like it. Make it a part of that conversation. 
Um, and most companies, in fact, pretty much every company I've interacted with have been actually quite cool with that. They, they're they okay with that. They understand they don't want a talking puppet. They actually want someone that will have a conversation, will be interested you know, in, in the truth and actually showing that, being real about it. So the, the less real you are, the less useful you are to that company. Because if you know, if you see a TV ad, it doesn't really matter if that person seems genuine, right? Whereas no. as a streamer, your genuineness is everything. Like, um, and that's not that's not just streaming. YouTube, you know, like um, Casey Neistat, the vlogger, said this. I mean, a ton of people have said this. Your personality is everything, and you have to maintain that. And so that's why I think you see, you know, the companies like Nvidia, Squarespace, whatever, that understand this, know that they kind of have to. Um, make people believe in the product first, I think. And that's what the advertising on uh, Twitch and stuff like that really has to do. I, I agree fully. I agree fully. It, it, it just something that isn't good is, is shown to be good. The, the audience isn't dumb. And there will be some people that will, will follow along, but it generally is a very poor marketing strategy. Being honest and upfront about stuff and showing things for what they actually are I think is becoming more and more important as an actual marketing use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially as, um, you know, for an audience, um, a lot of streamers, especially you, you have an audience of enthusiasts, people who know a lot of stuff, right? Um, so you can't just like, you know, sell them an infomercial on something that's crap because they'll know. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and I think, you know, folks are more than aware of that. Companies are more than aware of that. It's just that we're coming from this background of an industry where that wasn't the case in entertainment. And now with this, it's a bit different. And I, from my interactions, I would say that largely um, the, pers- the, the people here are concerned because they want to be able to still make money, you know, do that, have that contract, but they still want to be truthful about it and have their angle and spin on it. And the companies have been behind it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm, definitely. So when it comes to Twitch and just live streaming services in general, you know, Beam or Mixer, which I think is a terrible name, whatever that is now, <laughs> um, all these services, you know, how do you think them and the culture surrounding those services is going to evolve over the next few years? Oh, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that big a thing. And then I saw what happened to Twitch in the past, like, year, year and a half. And now I know it is a big thing. It's actually far bigger than I thought, and I have no idea. To be truthful, I have no idea. I just know it is going to be big. I'm a little Mm -hmm. concerned that it's becoming saturated, I guess, but that's the nature of tech. Yeah. What's going to happen from here, though? I don't know. I do think there is going to be a paradigm shift. I do think something is coming in regards to integrating all these various things together and getting it right, but we're not there yet. Like we've mm-hmm. got a good, strong platform. Um, Mix have got, you know, the immediacy. They've got um, the way the APIs work. Um, Twitch have their own APIs. There's stuff happening in Twitch I can't talk about, but it's pretty amazing. That's coming soon. Uh, and that's just it. There's always it's something amazing coming soon. It's such a young, vibrant tech that that they haven't run out of ideas yet. They're still going. They just got to get them done. So at this stage, it's really going to come down to who gets it all right. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's so fascinating. Because something like YouTube, you know, the VOD, the model where you you have a subscription feed or whatever, you click on videos, you watch them. That's pretty established, right? I mean, there's yeah. not much evolution to go. 
there. Um, and you look at streaming, right? Like you mentioned over the last few years, so much has changed. It's gained so much legitimacy, so much popularity. And then the service itself, you know, Twitch is adding all sorts of, um, or Beam, you know, all these companies are adding interactive elements. There's these new things going on. It's really unproven ground right now. I think one of the biggest things also that's about to hit is not just through that, but also through esports. I think esports is going to be a very significant um, factor in in what streaming and the relevancy of streaming. So, and that's already getting to the point of critical mass. You've got a large amount, like for example, a large amount of um, sporting uh, agents around the world are getting behind it and backing it. You've got um, like over here in Australia, I think there is now three or four different um, sporting groups, you know, football groups. They've actually purchased esports groups and are working that because they have the infrastructure. They they understand what gaming is and how to sell a ticket. They understand, you know, what that their infrastructure, uh, the the meta of what sports is. So to bring that meta across and their experience and their funding to esports is a, a, a beautiful fit. Uh, that's going to increase the um, the awareness, the uptake within the public. That's going to be a huge step forward for it as well. Because, I, um, yeah, I, esports, are, I think, because of casting, the way that you can actually get out and see the, the, on a cast, that's going to be the key. And just recently, actually, here in Channel 7, I think it is, um, has a show on TV. They're now casting their show um, and doing after-show stuff on, on Twitch as well. Huh. So they're definitely getting there. And there's a lot of factors pushing in on streaming. I've, I really can't see it dying. I just, I really can't. But it's going to be coming the relevancy of which, which company, which direction, and why you go with them is going to be interesting. I don't think we've actually got to that yet. Aside from the why you go with, with Twitch is because of, of the audience size. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you have uh, ESPN doing Rocket League, I think. You have like... Like you said, your wife, um, she does co- streams cooking, right? Um, and oh, she does that gaming and has a book club of all things. Yeah, and there's Twitch IRL, amazing. which is, you know, supporting all that. There's all sorts of new stuff. Who knows? I mean, it's it's really interesting, I think, and it's a fascinating time uh, to be involved, whether you're a viewer or a creator. Oh, absolutely. And it literally is, I think, to the point where we've done the experimentation. It's it's proven that's an actual thing. It's now become taken seriously. All the major players have actually now stepped into this space. Now that we're here, what's going to happen next is going to be very interesting. Definitely. And we'll leave it there. Um, thank you so much for coming on and for your time. Um, you have, uh, Wild, you have two channels on Twitch now, right? I, I do. I mean, there's the Wild Channel, which will be remaining, well, remaining PG. <clears throat> we weren't PG for a very long time. We're still getting used to it. <laughs> um, it's, it is going well, though. That is going to be mostly Minecraft, if not almost exclusively. There'll be other things from time to time. Um, but that's very much our family-friendly sit-down, share-the-moment the, the sort of stream. And um, Red Right Hand is the new one. And that one will be basically me taking my more mature content, you know, to a different place. So there'll be conversations, there'll be gaming. We'll be looking also into what what makes the game the game. So we're looking at the companies and we'll be talking about the designers and the artists, uh, composers. And then we'll go on with the actual game proper and, and just, you know, revel in it. Sounds neat. And also uh, Miss Wild also has a channel, right? Mrs. Or does she stream on your channel? No, no. Mrs. Underscore Wild has her own. Um, she's at the moment doing three streams a week. Um, so we cook from scratch. Everything from base materials. We work our way up and teach all of that and talk about that. 
Um, we also do a, a, or she has a book club as well. There's about, you know, at the moment, normally about 100, 200 folks sitting back, listening to her read and talking about the language of the book and where it came from and that sort of thing, like most book clubs. And um, she plays games occasionally as well. So, yep, she's on there. Yeah, so anyone watching this, you got a lot of uh, you get a lot of channels you can follow, and I'll link all those in the description um, if you want to check that out. And uh, thank you again, Wild, for coming on. Thank you, everyone who is watching this on YouTube or listening to us as a podcast, because we are on Apple Podcast and Google Play, which is great. So if you want to subscribe to us on any of those places, that'd be great too. Um, so yeah, once more, thank you. See you in the next one, and goodbye. <laughs>